Hey everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. We've got quite an interesting show for us this week. We're going to do a few news stories and then we've got a main topic that we're going to go into as well. Chris is traveling, but you've you've dialed in for this. I really appreciate it. Right. Uh, uh, yes. Good. Calling in from uh, calling in from another state, <laughs> doing some uh, doing some summer summer travel with the fam. What watch made the cut, or watches made the cut for the travel? An easy pick. So it had to be the GMT. An easy pick. Oh, the Bell and Ross to keep. Yep. Yeah, to keep track of where we are on the planet and uh, when we are. And it's it's interesting. I was talking to the family earlier today, and uh, we're we're just discussing how quickly just a simple time zone change kind of messes everybody up. It's pretty funny. It's like, uh, you know, everybody's got their phone on silent before they go to bed because uh, because everybody in the East Coast is you know calling at six thirty in the morning. So we're, <laughs> we're like. We're like, uh, we're, you know, we're we're uh, tr- trying to mitigate that. So uh, certainly, uh, certainly, good to know. Good to know where you are, when you are. Uh, how about you? I'm wearing my date, my Rolex date, just forty one. But I have been wearing other watches this week as well. I wore that metal G-Shock yesterday, the last live stream that we did, because G-Shock's been so much in the news. I forgot that I hadn't worn it for a while, so I. I've been wearing that, wearing that for a little bit, and we've started going to the gym again. So I, I did take my Rolex to the gym. I got some footage on the on the treadmill that I'm going to try to review. But this morning I wore my my trusty Seiko Speed Timer, and I'm doing a review of the my Seiko Speed Timer, an original Pogue version that Todd kindly sent me in, who does the who todd from the live streams and then also a new version that dave at detroit mint has made mm-hmm. homage or a tribute i would say to those early speed speed timers mm-hmm. so i will be uploading that soon that's what i've been wearing well speaking of g-shocks i've mentioned this on the live stream so we're not going to go into it too much but just to close the story out we briefly discussed the bamford g-shock on the live stream but chris did you see the news today it it launched i think it was yesterday okay in one store it was a carnaby street i believe and completely sold out not only did it completely sell out in the store the police shut the store because there were oh, similar okay. right moon swatch type cues mm. and so much so that they were supposed to be launching it online on the 20th which is today and mm-hmm. all that is on the site and the emailed to say, we, we sold out of them all. There right. isn't any more. They've oh, alluded wow. that they might print some. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't, is, that what, uh, is that what brick and mortar stores are going to be about, basically? Uh, just, just having the police come and shut them down? Is that, is that, what, is that, what we're, is that the attention we need? <laughs> I hope it doesn't become a badge of honor. I hope it doesn't right. become... Like, oh my God, this watch was so popular, the police turned up because yeah. it would be a pretty it'd be a pretty weird badge of honor, I'm sure G-Shock's above that. It was funny because immediately eBay's just flooded with all of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These Lousy G-Shocks. with them. Lousy with them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Even their original Bamford one is still going for 
$1,500. And because of this this constrained supply of these limited editions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, they're almost encouraging these flippers. And if you were buying this watch for, I think it was a hundred and it might, it was around a hundred and seventy dollars. I think it was it was a very affordable one yeah. hundred yeah hundred and seventy dollars one hundred and forty nine pounds. It's not available in the U.S. yet. They they right. apparently they are going to be selling it in August, so they must be making some more. But immediately on eBay, they're eight hundred. In fact, there's one. There's a couple that are around the four five hundred dollar mark. And if you were queuing and you queue for a couple of hours and you're gonna make three hundred dollars profit for doing yeah. it, yeah, right. One of the ones that I thought was interesting. They're not hitting this out of the park every time, these G-Shock Limited Editions, because that yeah. white John Mayer one, yeah, there's hundreds of, well, maybe not hundreds, there's tens of them on eBay, and they're not going, some are, some people are just trying to get rid of them now. You can get yeah, I'm curious, if you click on the, uh, if you click on the recent sales, I'm curious to see what they're actually going for, if you go down and <laughs> click sold for. Oh, here's one that's gone for $185. Yeah. Which so they're near, they're near and it looks like they're was. they're accepting the uh, accepting offers yeah accepting accepting offer accepting lower offer some some striked out prices there it it did look crap though this white one I'm sorry but I mean his first one where it was the blue one which was very 80s was good but this white one I suppose it shows that it's at least got to be a good looking watch as well as limited edition for it to do well on eBay certainly doesn't hurt them to try as far as as far as as far as that is concerned i mean it you know just come out with a come out with a special connection color and a bit uh fast fashion so it you know makes me makes me kind of feel kind of feel bad especially like we we talk about the special edition stuff and and you know these these one-off watches well if there's you know ten thousand special editions then everybody gets their own special edition i guess that's fine but then when you get down to these like $100 watches, then it's, you know, it's like, uh, sorry, Earth, no one wants to keep, you know, like we'll make a bunch of these and they'll sit on a shelf someplace. <laughs> it makes me feel uncomfortable. We had a bit of a rant about the Moon Swatch last week. It makes me feel uncomfortable that there's limited edition gets applied to watches that should be fairly affordable. But we, we won't go into that. We went into a bit of a rant on the, the Moon Swatch and I could rant for in the entire hour about limited edition. Oh, is, yes. Yeah, for sure. Another interesting story, which you spotted, Chris, wasn't it? That w- people are talking about the market going up and up and down and that, currently the market is well depending on who you watch online some people will say well no the market's correcting and it's leveling out now right right other people say well there is a crash on certain models but there seems to be a watch pro article that you spotted that might actually allude to there being proper dip in the market yeah though i was uh when we when we were uh we're figuring out uh the 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 news Chronext uh, has laid off one third of its workforce. This article was in WatchPro. As as they say, the secondary watch market flips. They have some for our, you know, we're audio here. So for uh, some of these, some of these graphs are pretty dramatic. Uh, it shows just an absolute 45 degree angle going up and then a 45 degree angle going down on, on some of these models. And you're right. It's showing the models that were the hyped ones at the time in particular which is eye-opening was the the tiffany blue rolex the mm-hmm. 41 millimeter its market price it said before watches and wonders was thirty-two thousand five hundred euro mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And did you know that the euro flipped? The dollar is now worth the yep. same as the euro, which is yep. amazing. I can't. I've been watching I mean, on that. Yeah, incredible. Now's yeah. the right time to go on holiday to Europe, isn't it? With your, For sure. with your U.S. dollars. And then it was saying the the market price after Watches and Wonders. And if anyone doesn't remember, that model was discontinued at Watches and Wonders. Mm-hmm. They're saying that it went up to forty eight thousand euros for that Oyster Perpetual. That surprised me because I knew it was going for a premium, but I didn't know it was going for for that much. Right. And now it's saying the market price today is. 36,000 euros so it's gone down i bought an oyster perpetual granted it wasn't the the tiffany blue one but this is a five thousand seven hundred dollar watch plus mm-hmm. the tax so for it to go to forty-eight thousand, it was it was crazy yeah that's yeah yeah i i right there was that one what was that there was that one auction where it was like it was a charity auction or something where you know someone bought one for maybe it was the maybe i'm thinking of the uh the ap the nautilus yeah yeah there was one that was just like it was just this crazy crazy number that it went for and and i think i think you know and i think also this is published published prices federico had a you know pretty good commentary on the fact that he was saying a lot of the auction houses will list its price as the gavel dropped but but no one's ever actually paid for that watch no one's picked that up and we were talking about this on the last on the last podcast about you know about a lot of other of these auction sites whether it's cars or watches or this one car this one watch uh supposedly sells for you know this crazy amount of money drives the market up um and gives you these uh gives you this amazing graph but at the same time uh, yeah, was it ever was it ever really worth that? Probably not. Sure, they've got these stats vetted, but that Tiffany blue obviously was an eye opener, and they also have the Air King, which they say at one time before Watches and Wonders was fifteen thousand eight hundred euro, and then after the after that it went up to sixteen thousand five hundred. That seems very high for an Air King. It's not one yeah. that I monitor. Now they're yeah. saying it's twelve thousand five hundred, but I, I guess one of the interesting things they did that chronex apparently did grow their sales 47 percent from 2018 to 2020 i think asian at bark and jack has them as a sponsor as well okay. so maybe they've preemptively laid off staff because they're seeing more of a yeah more rocky ahead yeah kind of gives you a clue into that into the watch market when you have actualized changes right when you have you you can get in front of you know cnn and msnbc and the and the business markets and you can say like oh oh, we're seeing a little downturn and you know the 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 market's leveling off and you know we're not you know we're not really concerned because because they don't want people to be concerned they want people to continue buying luxury watches you know for you know off the off the used market They, they absolutely and they don't want to send and i think a lot of their a lot of their market is is folks that are seeing seeing it as an investment seeing it as putting money in the bank kind of thing and they, and they they don't want to upset that apple cart so if they were you know if they if i was if i was the uh president of this company i would go on tv and be like you know uh yeah so we're just you know seeing stuff level off uh but the truth here is that you laid off a third of your workforce so that's real i was chatting to 
Ricky at Scottish Watches on the last live stream. He kindly joined us on the Sunday social if anybody wants to check it out on YouTube. And he, obviously, I was on a list. I, I would never buy, I would never buy, well, I don't, it's hard to say never, but I, would, I wouldn't actively go and buy a Rolex on the used market. I would go, <clears> if I wanted one, and the last two times I did want one, I went onto a list and I waited about four months. Yeah. Ricky yeah. Scottish Watches managed to get a gold, white gold Daytona. And he'd been on a list for a while. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's hearing from other people, other people in his audience, that they're also getting the call from the Rolex dealer. In mm-hmm. fact, Chris, who runs the channel Clicky Bezel, who used to work at Bob's Watches, knew him quite well. The Cl- Clicky Bezel channel is absolutely incredible because he was a, a photographer at Bob's Watches and mm-hmm. his his filming is, is stunning. It's a new channel. Definitely go and check it out, anyone, if, you, if you're searching for some decent YouTube videos. And we're actually going to talk about YouTube videos, the YouTube channels later on. But he, he got a call about a Pepsi. He went in, spoke to wow. them. He'd had no purchase history before, but they could tell that he really loved watches, like right. could tell when I went in. And, and they, he got a call a couple of weeks later and got a Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think perhaps the supply chain is freeing up a little bit mm-hmm. more, or mm-hmm. maybe it's just coincidence. But um, mm-hmm. I would encourage yeah. anyone to. Yeah. Well, it's... you know, like I said, like yeah. I mean, if 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 uh, if you're not going to make payroll, <laughs> then uh, then that means that you got to make some serious changes to your organization in order to stay afloat. And that's uh, that's a lot more dramatic uh, than and and a lot more dramatic of an indica- indication than you know oh we're seeing so and Chronex was a big uh, and we're not in we're not, we're just speculating here we're not saying that they didn't pay, you know, mm-hmm. that didn't make the payroll or anything but they were a that Chronex is a big a big reseller pre-owned watch reseller right. they're not a small right it's not a somebody that came around in covid and spun up a business and started selling right. rolexes because it was like printing money they've been going for quite a while and they had 150 employees so 40 of them going is a significant as you yeah. said it's a significant slice of the market and obviously feel very bad for those people that obviously are watch lovers and have been working at chronex probably mm-hmm. following their passion for watches and unfortunately have had to be to be laid off on the flip side, which is interesting, is there was another article in Watch Pro, wasn't there, Chris, as well, mm-hmm. offering the alternative opinion about Richemont? That, uh, that it looks like they've increased sales to $1 billion in the latest quarter. And they do own Watch Finder, don't they? But I think this article is, is alluding to the retail watches rather than pre-owned. It also kind of speaks to some of the stuff that we had pontificated about in the in the in what was going on in the watch market in the in the super hot year ago days you know uh, where oh we can't get any of these and they're just they're just there's nothing here to sell this kind of thing um and the result is is basically well we just we're gonna make what we're gonna make we're gonna produce what we're gonna produce and and we're not you know we're we're trying to plan and produce more for the future but we're not going to get in we're not going to get in our, ourselves into financial trouble by increasing production and you know going overboard on stuff and this this kind of shows that you know so they're they're making what they're making and 
they're either freeing up more people are buying new um and they're 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 doing very well so it's uh it's it's yeah it's another interesting indication so i i think what this you know for me that what this kind of says is the the used market that that hot you can just buy something and flip it and make twenty thousand dollars that is going away and now we're going to get back to a whether you bought it and flipped it to make money doesn't doesn't change richemont right doesn't change their their profit and loss will definitely affect used market sellers chronax bob's watches chrono 24 etc pretty interesting if the market does flip again where it becomes a buyer's market again do you mm -hmm. think that some of these brands that have slowly filtered i'm i'm causing uh, this is cause for speculation but do you think some of the brands that you used to see on Joma shop that have got very uh very high high on their own supply and decided that they weren't <laughs> going to filter off to gray market like brightling and etc oh yeah do you think that we'll start seeing them come back on the gray market if if there is a little bit of a downturn in the yeah yeah also. yeah i think so i think i think uh if if they do a year you know if they have successive years of not being able to move new models then they 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 kind of have no choice and it's and it's it's almost not their choice it's their retailers saying listen we we want to bring the newest brightling in we want to bring the newest bell and ross in we want to bring the newest uh you know tutor in. we want to bring you know but but the stuff that we have in in the store is just not selling the it was funny because the super ocean the brightling super ocean that i gave some stick to on the live stream because i don't I don't like the direction that they went in the minute hand with the ginormous square mm -hmm. and it looks like a s'mores on a stick. It's funny <laughs> because I've been reading a lot about it and a lot of opinions and other people's mm -hmm. comments and other people's videos. And there's a lot, it's definitely a, a Marmite one where some people love it and some people don't like it. I've seen it in person. And if it wasn't for that minute hand, I think it would be quite a good looking watch. But it's funny how many people who like it also commented that they almost pulled the trigger on it. Right. They like it, but not enough to right. buy it. So right. it's, it, I think it's a funny watch in that respect. And it, when I made that video on that Seiko watch where I said it was overpriced, a lot of the comments are people quite upset with the comments that I made about it being overpriced. But every single person who's commented on it, who bought it, bought it at a discount. So I said, right. well, that's kind of proved right. my point that the market yeah, yeah, decided yeah. what it was. There's not a single person that, that's commented on that video that bought that watch at its full retail price, which was right. actually my argument right. for the video. They yeah. bought it. Yeah, the, the, yeah, Breitling, the, the, the previous two generations before, so the previous, previous Super Ocean 2, right? Those with the with, with the super busy dial, the Arabic numerals, and they, it came in a couple of different colors. And like the the one before they clean, they sort of went with a cleaner design, right? We're talking three, four years ago, one one pandemic ago. Those were like, I I mean I I want to say twenty eight hundred dollars on Joma and and other places and to the point where i what i went and looked at one we have a combination it was uh brightling and uh i'm trying to think of the the other jeweler 
that's in the mall here. But they had a they had a, a basically a Breitling boutique, and I was I was considering I ch- I checked one out, and I was considering sort of negotiating the price using the gray market pricing. Is it Turneau that's in? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was Turneau that built a that had a that had sort of a Breitling uh, wing. The, yeah, and they offered the me a discount on a on a, a Brightling in there. But you're right, the, the previous Super Ocean, when we used to talk about it and we quoted its price, we would always quote the grey market price, wouldn't right. we? And you were right, it was an absolute steal on the right. grey market. I'm yeah. almost uh, ashamed that I didn't pick one up at the time. But we thought they would always be available on the right, right, yeah, exactly, yeah, like it, like it wouldn't change. And then, uh, I mean, you know, and I, and I think from a business standpoint, I think Breitling was was sort of right to do this. Was sort of right to to kind of because it does, I'm, it does sort of tarnish your reputation, and it and it makes so it, it it makes an uncomfortable conversation for the you know for the salespeople where you're like, well, I can get this on this website for X, you know, what sort of discount. Uh, but I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good lesson, you know, uh, that when, uh, when, when times are, when times are down, that that stuff is going to go to the gray market and, and prices are going to be negotiable. Um, and then, and then look at, uh, you know, look at where we are today, where Breitling, you can't find Breitling, you know, in secondary markets, they're, they're, they're focused on just having their stuff in their, their stores. Um, and they and they kind of completely revamped their design. Uh, it's an, it's yeah it's a it's a over the last five years it's uh, definitely been a, a tale. I'm gonna call it now. I think that Super Ocean is gonna see itself onto the gray market. That new Super Ocean. Hmm. So we'll revisit this in. I'll, All right. I'll be, I'll, I'll be called. Uh, I'll be called pessimistic. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Exactly. How dare you? How dare you want a uh, a, a watch to sort of not sell as hot as uh, as some of the others, but it happens absolutely well we thought for a main topic would be quite interesting and i don't think in all of the shows that we've done which is well over a hundred now i don't think we've ever talked about what watch media we consume that we're very grateful for very grateful for everyone that listens to this podcast thank you so much and thank you for everyone that joins the facebook group and has has commented that they enjoy the podcast as well and obviously if you've got any suggestions for topics or things you'd like us to cover let us know over on the uh, over on the Facebook, and thank you to yeah. everyone that uh, yeah. listens to this. But yeah, we thought might be a, might be a fun topic. What what watch media do we right? consume? I've yeah. got six. I think that I it's channels that I watch on a regular basis. I watch things ad hoc, but I've got yeah. six channels that I watch on a regular basis. But I've got I've got a handful. I th- I'm going to just pull them out of the air. Is what I'm going to do. I yeah, don't. Think, yeah. I didn't make a list, but I kind of know. We had a we had a little little chat about this, and I and I think there's uh, I think there's some hidden gems that well, maybe we take it in turns. Then do you want to yeah, sure. kick, kick this off with uh, one of yours? So I I'm proud that I was an early adopter uh, of a man of style, a, a young man that had some uh, that had a style channel on YouTube that occasionally discussed uh, watches, and that was uh, Teddy Baldassar. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I think just I mean I've seen that his channel grow I think uh, I think he's a great source of information he kind of tackles and uh, he'll he'll continue to kind of go back and and tackle some of the 
early like you know uh you know watch collecting mistakes and you know what does a chronograph do and sort of you know the the basic intro videos uh his videography and his style you know his his production has gone through the moon in the last year couple years yeah. i mean he he started a watch strap selling company that turned into a watch sale company now he's basically a, a retailer that's got tons of brands he's made a super successful e-commerce business uh selling watches and uh and i think that you know i think that he's got the uh i think he's got the the info and the style to to back it up uh it's you know fun i i enjoy what he does i agree with you i don't watch him often but i always think that he definitely followed the playbook of tgv in terms of presenting as a more sort of higher class more sophisticated watch collector but with teddy it's effortless for him you can tell that it's not a ca tgv you can sometimes tell that it's mm. a character that he's playing mm -hmm. but it, you're right it seems effortless and i think if there's a one criticism I like I like it when he used to show more of his personality because he's got quite a cheeky personality. I think sometimes some of his videos are perhaps too polished. Okay. I like yeah, when he he's tried, he's tried to do a few comedy things in the past. The one where he did that movement interview, and I thought that played really well. But you're oh, right. Yeah, that's a good one. Go look. Go yeah. Go look that up if you guys haven't seen that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's definitely effortlessly class high high production value his watch photography is is nauseating to me because i'm so jealous of it <laughs> and know, but right? yeah you're right that's that's a great one well i'll i'll go next for me i think that filming wise presentation style and a few recently videos that he did especially the ones on the he did this incredible run on the rolex explorer 2 and that is agent at bark and jack i think he's he's forcing all watch reviewers to be better but it, it seems almost it seems almost effortless for him when you watch it but i know i tried to replicate one of his shots the other day just to see how hard it would be just a photography shot right. it's incredibly incredibly difficult to make it look as effortless as he does and i think he's just similar to teddy i think he's really raised the game on, on that one yeah yeah i think that's i think that's a good pick I, you know you mentioned tgv it 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 it's uh it is almost you know almost the king there i'd have to say again his production value is very is very high isn't it but uh yeah definitely the og i would hear my analogy would be everybody needs to try on a seiko skx with a with a jangly bracelet and and wear it around and see if that's and see if that's for them and and in your watch collecting journey trying a uh trying a seiko diver is it should be on your list and he's he's kind of the first he's your first seiko diver <laughs> yeah and and his pa his his passion is is definitely genuine isn't it i mean he talks about that seiko flight master as if it's horology as if it's the know, right and odomar's yeah. uh, pgay tourbillon yes. sometimes yeah. but yeah no i yeah, agree that's good uh but my i think my actual pick mention them all the time uh for our, our sort of an inside watch view uh for industry and telling it 
telling it like it is. And that's going to be Federico. Federico yeah, talks watches. on my list as well. Yeah. I watched an early, I think it's one of the reasons why I got a Khaki King. Yeah. He he did a review of the Khaki King early, and and I just happened to check it out, and then it was you know it was super fascinating because here's a guy who was you know selling high end luxury watches, knows a ton about the details, the sales, the 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 insides, the movements, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And he you know and and he was he was passionate about this you know six hundred and fifty dollar seven hundred dollar Hamilton Field watch. And the other thing as well with Federico is, again, he's a he's an absolute class act. And his audience, his loyal audience, are also, you can tell they're passionate watch collectors. I won't name names here, but there's certainly some other channels where their audiences can be quite toxic at times. Mm-hmm. And you, you get the impression by the questions that he gets in and the comments that he gets on his chat. Same with, same with the, our podcast and my YouTube channel. Fantastic audience that is mm-hmm. always, if they do have feedback, it's always presented in a, in a nice way. And they're obviously passionate watch collectors. But his audience, you get the, the chance that they are, you get the impression that they are real big supporters of, right. of him and that right. they are, that they learn a lot. And I learn a lot from his, mm-hmm. his channel as yeah, well. He's, he's fantastic. Well, next for me is I'm going to do two guilty-ish pleasures. And (laughs) one is, although I've got some criticisms as well about this, I used to watch the Timepiece Gentleman channel and I did go off it. To be honest, after all of the ridiculousness they had with that social media blackout and all this, I went off it a little bit. And it did get it did get too over the top with all of the luxury watches and the, and the, the fantasy kind of lifestyle. But the channels have split now, and Grant, Marco and Anthony have actually business split. So they split mm. the business, and Marco's running a channel called Grand Caliber. It's still finding its footing a little bit, but I still like the fly-on-the-wall documentary and their style, and they're taking a lot of feedback. They've got new offices. It's, it's a new style, and they do go into a lot of vintage rolex pieces and i like i like where it's going but i also do watch anthony's i think it might be called south hill now but his mm-hmm. timepiece gentleman he's spun it back up again but it's it's a little bit all over the place they started off going big they rented this huge penthouse in la which looked incredible and for people that aren't familiar with la you would think oh my god this is this is incredible but Anybody who's been to LA or knows LA knows that people who have money don't live in the center of LA. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, he, he yeah. was obviously he was obviously for show this this whole thing and he was he apparently blasted through like a million dollars on renting mm-hmm. this place and he was going to he was going actually going to build a, a a retail location in there and then it it kind of filtered out now they're going to do something on Beverly Hills but I think they're still finding the way. Obviously, the the camera work is is inc- his videographer is is incredible, but because they're not, they haven't got the whole timepiece gentleman machine behind them. It's funny how they still try and do like dramatic content, but they haven't really got a lot of drama there, and a lot of their clients don't want to be on camera. And I think right. it, it filters back from that, so you're not seeing the deals. But it was funny a couple of weeks ago. They did like a dramatic cut where it was like they were teasing something and it ended up being that he bought a Breitling 
watch that he thought was in like new condition, but it had a dent on the bezel. And they made a whole song, a, a dent on the, the <laughs> bracelet. And he right. was on the phone with the guy. You said this was mint. And they tried to build this up. It was a bit comical, actually, but I still, it's it's like a guilty pleasure for me, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the right, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the daily TV drama. <laughs> yeah, what was next on, uh, no, what was next on your list? So uh, I just wanted to give a shout out. We were talking about, we we're talking about Teddy and his, sort of his style channel. I, this is, this is Watch Adjacent, but uh, there is a gentleman who does a YouTube channel called He Spoke Style. Right. Not familiar. And yeah, and it's uh, it's it's probably eighty percent how to dress like an adult, uh, you know. And and there's there's sort of uh, you know, as as you get as you get a little older, uh, you're you know you're you're you'll you'll go out and you'll you know you wanna you wanna age gracefully. And if you're still wearing uh, you know the the jean jacket and the with the patches and the shorts and the you know the ripped t-shirt this kind of thing uh maybe maybe you want to in in your 50s and 60s that may not be your uh, your best style uh but uh this is sort of my guilty pleasure show as as a like i'm not i'm not a um you know, I, I don't it's like personal grooming, like I'm not spending hours in the in the bathroom and getting ready for stuff. And I very rarely wear a suit. But there are certain topics that, you know, you like how to find a suit that'll fit you and yeah. and what you should be wearing when you're 50. And not that I'm there yet, but, you know, and, and like to look your age, really, you know, these sorts of, you know, these sorts of uh, style tips. Uh, he has a fantastic watch collection that he will pair with all of his outfits and he's got some he's got some heavy hitter stuff and he's got some affordable stuff and it's and it's interesting when he'll talk about you know yeah get the get the white shoes you can wear the white shoes with the with the dark jeans and a nice shirt uh but you're going to the beach so maybe leave the uh, jlc at home <laughs> and take the seiko um and he's got you know he's got some he's got some great stuff so you know uh watch guy but also uh you know style personal style guy so very so very very fun to watch yeah no that's a, that's a new one on me i've noticed some of the financial youtubers especially graham stefan and i think andrew jenk they have incredible watch collections but they don't often talk about them but i mean actually federico did a collab with uh, uh, graham stefan about his well my my next one is well first of all i'll give a little shout out to the guys the tea and tickers live stream that i do i, I like what they're doing at live uh, on yeah. the live streams so so check yeah. that out but i really like what roman Scharf is doing with his gray market channel i think where timepiece gentleman was trying to go for that obviously a netflix deal a fly on the wall right. netflix deal i think that roman not only has the watch knowledge the breadth of watch knowledge, but the the different watches that actually come through the luxury bazaar, and mm -hmm. he also has like the sales team, and there is there's a more of a interesting dynamic there that I think would make an actual real Netflix fly on the wall show. And I've I've had the pleasure of 
been on live streams with him and he's a real real genuine nice guy as well so i quite like what the gray market's doing and also they they feed in other stuff jewelry and things like that so my wife will watch it with me Mm -hmm. as well because it's shot like a tv show it's not shot like a a watch channel so i quite like quite like that one i'll have to uh check that out i um i think so here's one that i think i i mentioned to you but i don't know if you you caught uh but soups like super fun uh right like the perfect amount of humor and uh incredible photography and it's you're terrific Oh, I've not seen that one. Oh, it's it's so good. I'm trying to think is uh I think it's I think it's Evan, I think is his name. And is and it I'll watches wait. as well or is it general? It's just watches. And it's over on yeah. And it's uh it's on YouTube. You're terrific. And he does fun, bright colors. That's kind of his uh his take with it. Where instead of, you know, instead of this uh he described it uh once where Instead of this like, you know, mahogany table with the with the cigar, the knife, the uh, you know, the flashlight and the, you know, the accessories with the with the watch, that You're kind giving of giving these secrets away. Don't give the secrets away. Yeah, I know, right. Instead of this this dark, smoky, you know, instead of these dark, smoky pictures, he goes for he goes for like fun, bright colors and really tries to tries to showcase the watch. I think he's got a great sense we i mean i i we should try to have him on the show that's that's what i'm saying is uh he's got a he's got a great sense of like the craziness that is telling someone you are going to buy a five thousand dollar watch when when they think that an expensive watch is two hundred dollars that kind of thing and so he's completely completely has that uh and his humor is delightful and yeah really really great great pick uh check out your terrific now that's a great one and yeah you reminded me if i if my grandfather was still alive trying to explain to him that i bought a rolex would be quite uh would be quite <laughs> the task i'm gonna do a little shout out as well for ben at ben's watch club i think that he's he's a newer channel he's been going a couple of years he had a men's fashion channel but i think that he best captures the affordable watch segment so he'll typically his his whole channel is about what is value in value watches so he will do he'll he does a lot of casio he doesn't tend to lean too much on seiko which i quite like as well he does a breadth of brands and also he does these incredibly incredible documentary style ones where he did ones on watch youtubers that take money for doing reviews he did another one on a few of these instagram brands that are just all ridiculous ridiculous right. overblown marketing things yeah. that they're all made in uh, alibaba he calls yeah. out movement he's I, called out daniel wellington i i have a, i've always i've always felt ben is uh sort of your 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 gut check on if you're interested in a watch brand or a or a particular uh, you know particular brand or style something like that, he's he's a great early you know early in your uh, watch collecting uh, definitely a good a good gut check to be like wait what is this what is this company selling <laughs> exactly and he and he's a great example of if you are really passionate about watch collecting but you have other money priorities that mean that mm-hmm. you can't 
you can't invest a lot. He is always has a great selection of affordable watches and he'll go into quite a lot of detail around what is value and he's not just buying homage watches or anything right. these are main these are accessible watches that are well made but that was a little special shout out but honestly the the channel that i would say i watch the most and i enjoy the most again i had the pleasure of of being on multiple live streams with him he's come on my live stream i've managed to meet him in person when i was in the uk and that is uh, paul thorpe i just mm-hmm. really like I like what he's doing. I like that he has a different take. He does a lot of news stories. He does a lot. He's passionate about the combating watch theft. He himself has been a victim of quite a brutal watch theft where he got really badly injured and he he ran a jewelry store that got that got robbed in 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 a really awful way. So he's he keeps a lot of companies in in check in terms of big advocate for who wants rolexes lost and found register mm, yeah he, yeah he talks a lot about the latest watch scams but also he's again his knowledge on the luxury end of the market right and, right and his perspective on it he, he's his his perspective is very much around which is a perspective that I, that i also think about is what is the value of this watch is it is it is it something that will appreciate in value? Do you buy it with your heart? Do you buy it with his head? He's very pragmatic about watch value. He comes from that expert. He's not an expert in the mechanics or the movements of watches right. or like vintage right. or anything like that. He's he's he understands from a dealer's perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, the dealer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say uh, before my last one, um, I want to shout out to uh, Pete from Not So Obvious Watches, who has joined us many times here on the channel and is is over in our Discord and uh, has a has a really interesting perspective. I, I commented uh, last week that that uh, he's got a uh, almost a introspective view a uh, interview and uh it's it's a uh, it's always interesting fascinating how he'll uh, how he'll approach uh, certain things that maybe we'll casually say we'll say you know oh these luxury watches and uh, uh terms that we use in in the in the hobby that uh that, that i think it's good to point out it, that we don't you know we don't want to be snobs and we don't want to alienate people and so it's good to point out that Maybe some of these terms, some of the ways you say things, some of the ways you think about things uh, need to be need to be kind of thought out and brought to the forefront and discussed. And and Pete does a great a great job of that. Yeah, and he's oh I always like Pete because he normally doesn't agree with my opinion. In fact, we've been having quite the uh, the the gentleman's disagreement <laughs> about the moon swatch on on our discord group which again a big plug for our discord group yeah. that a lot of the a lot of youtubers on there as well that you'll enjoy not so obvious watches and sure. patrick from pocket watch time there's yeah. a there's a few there's a few others on there as well but yeah you're right he always offers an interesting perspective Pete, even if i don't personally agree with it all the time yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's certainly there but my last pick is id guy so industrial oh, yeah. design guy um, he, he kind of came on in the last, I'd say, I'd say pandemic pickup <laughs> and, uh, is finally now doing, he used to just do voiceovers and, and sort of do a slideshow. 
and now he's uh, he's comfortable on camera and he's uh, and he's kind of discussing his Photoshop stuff as an industrial designer is interesting and I love his perspective on stuff where he'll be able to point out something super simple that I mean a perfect example is the the Air King with the balanced dial so originally up in the top left it said 55 for 55 minutes and the top right it just said five and he photoshopped up a one that said zero five to balance out the dial and something that i never would have you know even considered and uh it was it was a fascinating sort of experiment this is uh this is probably like two two three years ago and turns out that's exactly what rolex ended up doing to to change that dial so he got lucky with his pick but uh yeah, his uh, his his take is more of a sort of an engineer designer, and that that really resonates with me. I'm I'm less, uh, you know, beauty and beauty and style, and more functionality, but sim simplicity and beauty through something that's that's functional and useful the ones that i've caught i definitely have very much enjoyed them let us know in the um over on the facebook group if there's any channels that you enjoy that we perhaps didn't mention i know this is a topic that i'm going to be thinking i'm going to be kicking myself later that i didn't i forgot to mention <laughs> certain other channels but uh, th those were the ones that there's many that I enjoy, but the ones that I mentioned are the ones that I went to, uh, watch on a regular basis. As always, we really appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, everyone. Bye.